open them up to Joshua chapter 3. Today I want to continue to talk about how to possess the promised land for your life. I don't know what it is, but the Lord has me staying on this theme of possessing the promised land for our lives. Now when I say the promised land, some people hear that, they're like, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about possessing the blessings and promises of God for your life on this earth. I'm talking about you and me taking hold of the will of God for our lives. Because how many of you know it is the will of God for us to be blessed? Amen? Yeah, man, we're too blessed to be stressed. Or we ought to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the title of this message today is, How to Cross Your Jordan. And you'll know, those of you who have no idea what that's talking about, you'll know what I'm talking about shortly. Joshua chapter 3, I want to start off with verses 1 through 5. It says, Then Joshua rose early, rose early in the morning, and they set out for Acacia Grove, and came to the Jordan, the Jordan River. He and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. How many of you know we got to pursue the presence of God? Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For, come on, you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Oh, that just strikes a chord with me when I read this. Now listen, it says, you have not passed this way before. The Hebrew word that's translated past means this, to cross over, to go over, I like this one, to go beyond, to get over, to go through, to pass through. To pass along, to come over, to pass beyond. Now, what is the significance of that definition? The significance is this. To possess your promised land for your life, you're going to have to cross over some things. You are going to have to go beyond where you've gone, ever gone before in your walk with the Lord. You're going to have to go, go through something. You're going to have to pass through some things to get to the promised land. Now listen, to get to something, you have to go through something. Yeah. Have you found that out yet? Yeah. To get to something, you got to go through something. And if you will press in, I'm telling you right now, I just know this by the Holy Ghost, God is going to take us into uncharted territory. That we have never gone before. Places we never dreamed of before in the glory of God on this earth. He desires to take us higher. 
He desires to reveal his glory in such a way that will make every earthly problem that you've ever had seem so futile in the light of eternity. Joshua told the children of Israel in verse 5, he said, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, what does the word sanctify mean? I mean, that's a pretty important part. I mean, he tells us, he says, sanctify yourself, and then tomorrow the Lord will do your wonders. Well, I want to see the wonders, so what does the word sanctify mean? Listen to this. To sanctify yourself means to divorce yourself. It means to separate yourself from anything and everything that would hinder the Lord from moving in your life. And to separate yourself from anything that would hinder you and me from moving forward spiritually with the Lord. Joshua said, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves. I'm telling you right now, it's time for us to drop the baggage of sin that we're holding on to. It's time to drop the baggage of fear. It's time to drop the baggage of discouragement. It's time to drop the baggage of negativity. Hello, somebody. It's time to drop the baggage of selfishness. It's time to drop the baggage of pride, rebellion, idolatry. Come on. It's time to drop the baggage of man-made traditions and rituals that are mere dead works before God. Am I talking to someone today? You see, when the glory of God is moving, when the wave of God's Spirit is moving, there are some things that we just need to leave behind. Because those things, these things I mentioned, they're a hindrance. They're weights. And these things suck the spiritual life right out of us. Many times we forfeit moving forward into the blessings of God because we would rather stay behind with this dead weight, this dead baggage that hinders us from moving forward with God. Now, I want you to notice that the process of sanctifying yourself comes before the wonders that God wants to perform. Listen, no move of God, no revival from God has happened apart from a people, a remnant, sanctifying themselves, cutting themselves off from things that are hindering them from moving forward with God and pressing in for a move of God. My question is to you here at RCC, my question is to you listening around the world right now, am I talking to the remnant that's willing to sanctify themselves so that the Lord can do wonders among us, so that the Lord can do wonders among you, wherever you're at in this world today. Now, what wonders was Joshua talking about in verse 5? Well, one of the wonders that he was talking about was the parting of the Jordan River to get to the promised land. See, there, some of you may not know this. Everyone knows about the parting of the Red Sea, don't we? How many of you know there was the parting of the Jordan River also? Yes, parting of the Jordan. Sometimes we just forget about that one, don't we? 
The Red Sea was only the first phase of the parting. But I want you to know something. Those who crossed the Red Sea, that generation didn't enter into the promised land. Except for two people. Who are they? Joshua and Caleb, who were on fire for the Lord, who believed what he said. So one of the wonders Joshua was talking about was the parting of the Jordan River. Today I'm talking about how to cross your Jordan to get to the promised land. How to receive the blessings of God in your life. Go to Joshua 3 and look at verse 6 through 8. I want to break this passage down here. It says, Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel. That they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Now, there are some awesome points to pull out here. I want you to notice in verse 7 that God was about to put his stamp of approval on Joshua in the sight of the children of Israel. Now, this stood out to me. I'm like, God, why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why, why would you do that? Why would you exalt him in the sight of all of Israel? And the Holy Ghost said this, because God knew the importance of the children of Israel trusting their new leader, Joshua. He knew the importance. God knew that if they didn't trust their new leader, the children of Israel would never get to the promised land. Do you understand that? Why? Because if they didn't trust their leader, what would that breed? Rebellion. Division. They would never get to the promised land, to the place that God has, prom has, has legally given to the children of Israel. I found that interesting. And this is why it's so important to really seek the Lord. And I'm talking to maybe someone in here or, or people around the world. That's why it's so important to seek the Lord about what church he wants you to be planted in. Are you hearing me? Because God will confirm that to you as you walk in obedience to him. When you are where God wants you to be, listen, that is where you will be spiritually fed. Amen? And that's where your provision is at, in the will of God. Now, the personal application for your life is this. You must trust and respect the leadership that God has placed, has placed you under in the local church. And not even that. Come on, people. You got to trust and respect your boss. You got to trust and respect your teachers. You got to, are you hearing me? Because if you don't, you will hinder yourself from walking in the blessings of God in your life. See, it goes well beyond even the local church. It goes into every aspect of our life. Even our president. You don't agree with some of whatever. You still need to respect him. The Bible says pray for him. Amen? And see, now this goes along the line of, of John Bevere's teaching on Wednesday nights. On that series of honors reward. 
He's talking about that, and it's powerful. Now, verse 8 is very interesting here in Joshua chapter 3. God gave the command to the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant to come and stand at the edge, right at the edge of the Jordan River. I found that extremely interesting. Now listen, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represents the presence of God. It represents the glory of God. And the priests were carrying the Ark. They were carrying the presence of God. Do you understand that? But I got news for you, New Covenant Church. The Word of God says in Revelation 1-6 that we as Christians, through the blood of Jesus Christ, have been made kings and priests unto God. Listen to me. For you to get to God, you have a direct line to God through Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? You, you don't have to go to one person. Are, are you hearing me? You don't have to go to one person and, 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 and just hope that they're going through you. You don't have to go through any saint, any dead saint. Are you hearing me? I got to say it. I got to say it. I know it's controversial, but I got to say it. It is unscriptural. It's unscriptural. It's a doctrine of demons. Got to say it. And I believe Jesus would say the same thing if he was here today in the flesh. Are you hearing me? It's unscriptural. We as Christians are called, have been made. You understand that we've been made kings and priests unto God. Hallelujah. I like that. You know what that tells me? We then are carriers of the glory of God. We as Christians are carriers of the presence of God. So then what is impossible with us through God? Nothing. Nothing. So God told the priests to take the ark, literally the presence of God, and stand at the edge of the Jordan. That's it. That's all he said. Go stand at the edge. Oh my. This is powerful. Stand at the edge. Just stand there. Listen. There are times when God gives you a command or an instruction that makes no earthly sense to your natural mind. None. What do you mean, God, I just go stand at the edge of this river? Then what? Then what? <laughs> Looks pretty hopeless, doesn't it? God, no, just, just go, just, just take my presence, take the ark, and stand at the edge of the Jordan River. That's it. I'll tell you what, there's some of us in here today and listening around the world that are just standing on the edge of the Jordan River. And we get frustrated and, and all that. But listen, that's not the end of the story. That is not the end of the story. He will take you to a place where you can simply, uh, that, that will simply cause you to stand at the edge of the Jordan and you and I are forced to trust him. Are you here? Did you catch on to that? Are you awake this morning? He will take us at, to the edge of the Jordan. Looks hopeless. How do we get out of this, Lord? What do we do? Well, he's put you in that place for a reason. He's saying, now you trust me. You do what you can do. Now it's my turn. You're forced to trust him, to move on your behalf. And that's all you can do is stand and wait on him. 
1 Corinthians 2.5 says, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, we need the power of God to cross over the Jordan into our promised land. You know what we try to do? We stand at that Jordan and we try to swim across that thing. We try to wade in the waters. What happens? We get depressed. We get frustrated. We get filled with anxiety. Am I preaching to someone in here today? Is this even relevant? Yes, sir. I know it is with me. We try to swim across. We try to walk across. We, we, try, to, we try to do anything but, anything but trusting in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. God will mess your thinking up. Did you know that? He, he will take, just when you think you have it all figured out, he'll mess it right up. He, he just loves throwing that monkey wrench. He loves causing your natural mind to stumble that we can use it for a spiritual stepping stone. Whoa, that wasn't even in my notes. He'll put something in your path to cause your natural mind to stumble over that you can use that thing as a spiritual stepping stone. Oh, I like that. Thank you, Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I love that verse. Go to Joshua 3. Joshua 3, 9 through 12. Now, let's continue on here. It says, so Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. Now, Joshua told the children of Israel that they would know that God is among them and that God is for them. Listen, they would know that the sign would be that God, without fail, say without fail, would drive out their enemies from before them. I like that. I like that. Because listen, there is a level of divine protection. There is a level of divine deliverance that is available to the Christian that we have not even tasted yet. But we shall. We're heading that way. Are you hearing me? I mean, I'm telling you, there is, there is so many more levels that we need to just press in, we need to pursue, and we're going to get there. Even when everything in the natural seems so contrary. In verse 11, Joshua assures the people and encourages them to maintain their faith 
and, and to maintain their expectation by telling them that the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of God is going before them. Say before. before. That means the presence of God is going in front of them. Man, I, I just love this account. We must understand as Christians that it's the presence of God that goes before us and opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. Hallelujah. We need to have a reality check on that fact. I'm fired up today if you haven't noticed. I am fired up. Listen, if you can hold on to that fact, no, 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 no. It's not just a good book. It's not just a good phrase. It's not just a good cliche. It's a reality. It's a fact that the presence of God is going before us. If you can hold on to that fact, that will keep you holding on in the storms of life that you're facing right now and that you're going to face. Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy. But he did say the victory is yours. Are you hearing me? Come on. There, there is a war, isn't there? There's one war going on. Listen. But many battles. One war. There's one war going on right now over there in Iraq. But come on. There's many battles. Many battles all across the whole country right there's a spiritual war that's raging around us on this earth there's many battles some of you are facing financial battles some of you are facing marital battles some of you are facing whatever kind of battles with your children whatever it is if you will just hold on in the midst of the storm and stay faithful to god and just believe just be come on be radical enough, be crazy enough to believe that God is going before you and that God is on your side. Can you believe that? Can you just be radical enough with me today to believe that? Hallelujah. It's the presence of God. It's the glory of God that shelters us. It's the glory of God that allows us to go through the fiery trials of life without getting burnt. It's the glory of God that shelters us, that allows us to go through the fiery trials of this life without the smell of smoke getting on us. Ah. But maintaining the, the, the incense of the presence of God all over us. Hallelujah. See, there is a fourth man in the fire. His name is Jesus. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you hearing me? Joshua 3, 13 through 17. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet, of the uh, soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from, from upstream, they shall stand up as a heap. He's saying, I'm going to part this thing for you people. 
So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of the harvest that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zertan. So, that, so the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over, crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. The impossible became possible. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely, say completely, over Jordan. There's a scripture that says the good work that God has finished has started in your life, he will finish it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The parting of the Jordan River is a glorious picture, a glorious picture of the supernatural in action. Now I want you to notice I said the word supernatural. I want you to notice the breakdown of that one word. Super and natural. Supernatural. Two words put together. See, we need the super, but God needs the natural. Now, what do I mean by that? We as Christians are fellow workers, fellow laborers together with God on this earth. That's not according to James Brandt. That's according to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Check it out for yourself. And that's just the way it is. So many scriptures in the Word of God point to the fact that God chooses to operate through His people. The Bible says we are God's building. And it comes down to the authority structure when Adam sold out to the devil. Are you hearing me? But listen, God did give, give authority to mankind. Listen, I want to go into this a little bit because this is so important. We play an incredible role in the plan of God. We are valuable to God. Anyone who doesn't believe that is taken away from one of the central themes of the word of God. Are you hearing me? Come on, I know it's a cliche thing to say, well, God doesn't need you, God doesn't need you. Guess what? I'm here to tell you, yes, he does. Yes, he does. It's not up to angels to preach the gospel. Come on, Jesus isn't going to come down from his throne in heaven to preach. We are his body. He's the head, but we are his body. Listen, Jesus needs a body to operate on this earth. And that's through us, through the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. We need the super, but God needs the natural. Don't ever belittle that. See, we 
are so valuable to God that God became a man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to shed his blood, to die a horrible death on the cross, to, to raise again from the dead, to redeem mankind from sin, to redeem mankind from the devil. He made the provision for all mankind. And those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord receive that. Those who receive Jesus Christ are baptized into the body of Christ. Do you understand that? That's so powerful. It's so amazing that a God that's so infinite, so omnipresent, so huge, so omnipotent cares about you and I so much. Every little thing. He's filled with thoughts about you and I. He needs us. Say, God needs me. The moment you stop believing that, guess what you're going to do? I guarantee you, you're going to backslide. You're going to backslide. But if you can keep in your mind, God, God loves me. He needs me. He needs me to preach the gospel. He needs me to reach people for Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, it brings a whole new purpose into your life, doesn't it? Really, when you take hold of that, doesn't it? It just blows everything away where you thought, God, what am I here for? What, you know, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, you are valuable to God. Listen, if God doesn't need us to be obedient to fulfill his plan and purposes on this earth, let me ask you something. Why then would God, through the Holy Spirit, waste his time to prompt you and I to pray about something? If he could just do it himself, if he could just do it himself, why would he, why would he tap you on the shoulder at three in the morning and say, get up and pray about this thing? I mean, seriously, some of these things that, some of these dumb religious man-made teachings, go, God doesn't need me, God doesn't need it's hogwash. It's trash. It's rubbish. If it didn't matter, why would the Holy Ghost tap you on the shoulder? Why would the Holy Ghost uh, prompt someone to go and, and, hey, go over and talk to this person about my son Jesus? I'm telling you, listen. Why? If we just think about these things, we could eradicate much of the rubbish that's being taught in, in a lot of places today. Are you hearing me? Go to the Word. Go to the Word. Hallelujah. In fact, listen to this. Any blessing that you receive from God, listen, any blessing you receive from God, God is going to use a person to bring it into your life. Are you hearing me? One time I, <laughs> this minister corrected me. We were talking about the building and all that and, and the, the, the land contract, 400000 how much we owe, whatever. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, you know, we really need a financial miracle. He goes, no, no, brother. He goes, you need a people miracle. I said, you're right. Money just don't fall from heaven out of the sky into our wallets, does it? He said, brother, you need a people miracle. God moves upon the hearts of people to provide for his kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My goodness. Now listen. God commanded the priest with the Ark of the Covenant 
to stand at the edge of the Jordan River. And it wasn't until the soles of their feet touched the water that God parted the river for them to cross on the dry land. God is saying this to us today. Wherever your feet tread, I will give you the land. What's that mean? Listen. When, I, when you move, I move, God says. Whatever promises you are bold enough to pursue, whatever blessings and promises in my word that you're bold enough to pursue, that's what you're going to receive. If you're not going to chase after and, and, and take hold and claim these promises, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. That's why there's so many miserable Christians walking around today. We need to be, come on, we need to be in a passionate pursuit of a relationship with God. Included in that is a passionate pursuit of everything that God has for his people in his word through Jesus Christ. Listen, obedience is the key to loosing the power of God in your life and entering into the promised land. I, I wish I could make it sound more theological, harder, but I can't. Obedience is the key to loosing the power of God in your life and entering the promised land. The priests, the children of Israel had to get right to the banks. They're, they had to step in before God would do anything. Now, last of all here, let's look at something here. Exodus 14. Let's look at the Red Sea crossing. A couple points I want to pull out. Exodus 14, just three verses, 13 through 16 says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. The Pharaoh and all of his armies chasing after the children of Israel. He said, Moses said, do not be afraid. Stand still. There's that stand still right at the edge of the river. Children of Israel right here at the Red Sea are right at the edge. Can you imagine the stress of that? They're right at the edge. They have an army chasing after them. Who's going to kill them. We think we have it bad with our financial situations or whatever we're going through. How would you like an army to be after you wanting to rip your head off? And you're looking back at them, <laughs> coming. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Oh. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Wow. Again, Moses told the children of Israel not to fear. He told them that God was going to fight for them. They simply needed to be obedient to God's commands. Simple obedience. Oh, I like verse 15. God tells Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Know what he was saying? Moses, when they move, when you move, I'll move. Man, that, I just, I'm just blown away by this. I'm just blown away. God rebuked Moses. God rebuked the children of Israel. What are you crying to me for? See, some of us are crying 
out to God and God saying, I've told you what to do, now go do it. That's when I will move on your behalf. And then God told Moses to lift his rod and stretch out his hand toward the Red Sea. Again, Moses obeyed in the natural and God kicked in the super with his power by parting the Red Sea. Again, couldn't have, God could have just done it without Moses doing that, could he? But God chose that there had to be something in the natural that loosed the super yes. in the life. Am I getting through today? There's a time to pray and there's a time to act on what you know God is telling you to do and just simply trust him to provide. Obedience looses the power of God. God will respond to your obedience. God will respond to your faith in him. However, fear will keep you out of pursuing and taking hold of the blessings of God and, prom and the promised land for your life. I'll tell you, following God is an adventure. He will take you out of your comfort zones. Listen, i got to say this. Any Christian that says that the Christian life is boring has not even left the starting gate of their Christian walk yet. Are you hearing me? They haven't even left the starting gate. Or, number two, they're, they're in major disobedience by not doing what God is requiring them to do. Because if you step out and do it, oh, I'll tell you, you want an adventure? Follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Oh, my, my, my. When Joshua and the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan, chapter 4 says that they made a memorial with 12 stones in that place. And the purpose of those 12 stones were... This is a sign when your children and future generations see these 12 stones. They're going to ask about them. And this is your key to tell them what I have done. Tell them how I have provided for you. Tell them about my mighty works. See, listen, we need to keep track of the things that God has done in our lives. And we need to share them with our children and future generations. Write those things down, those praise reports that you have. Write them down. Share them with your children and future generations and every person you come in contact with. Tell, tell them, show them the faithfulness of God from your life. And not long after the children of Israel crossed the Jordan, 40,000 of the men prepared for war. Did you hear me? They crossed the Jordan but then it says immediately when they got to the other side, 40,000 of the men of Israel prepared for war. Why? Because there were enemies in the promised land that they still had to conquer. As Christians, we always need to be armed for war against Satan and evil spirits. Don't ever let your spiritual guard down. Don't ever take off your spiritual armor. You'll get clinked. Are you hearing me? Keep your spiritual armor on. And we need to be on the offensive against Satan and evil spirits. I said the offensive. We need to keep them on the run. I'm telling you, we need to press in like never before. With God's power, we can overcome any enemy, any hindrance, any obstacle, any trial in our life. One last scripture I want you to turn to, Proverbs 13, 12. 
Proverbs 13, 12, and I added this in. I really felt like the Holy Ghost wants to get this to somebody today. Proverbs 13, 12 says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. I, I just, this is incredible. The Holy Ghost has been dealing with me about on this for a whole week, week and a half. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want to say this. For the Christian, there is hope available for every situation that you will ever face on this earth. The problem is this. The Holy Ghost showed me this out of this one verse. You and I have the option either to receive that hope or to defer it. If we have an option, hope deferred. If we have an option to defer it, not receive it, that must mean hope is available for every situation we will ever. Isn't that good? It's available for every situation. And that's why, that's why 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God is telling us that he has absolutely nothing to do with that fear. He has nothing to do with that worry. He has nothing to do with that anxiety that you're feeling about that situation. Are you hearing me? He has no part in the stealing of your joy in your life. He wants to restore the joy of your salvation. And it comes through hope. Now you can either receive it for that situation you're encountering from the word of God, or you can defer it. A football game, there's a penalty. You either receive the penalty or you can, no, don't want to take. Are you going to take the hope or are you going to defer it? Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy today. Listen, I'm preaching to myself. See, our hope is found in Jesus Christ and in the written word of God, the promises of God. And if, if you and I, if we refuse or defer that hope, listen, you will live a depressed and miserable life, yea, even as a Christian. Yes, you might, you, you'll go to heaven when you pass away from this earth, but on this earth, you're going to live miserable life in, depre in depression, anxiety. Are you hearing me? So choose today. To believe the good report of the Lord about your situation according to the word of God. Joshua and Caleb chose to believe God regardless of the natural circumstances. And they were rewarded by possessing the promised land. So friends, choose to believe God with childlike faith. And obey him all the way to the promised land of your life. The final word for this message. Sanctify yourself. Because tomorrow, the Lord is going to do wonders in your life. Expect it from this day forward in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen and stand on your feet. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, I like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the encouraging words. To God. Woo. We are fixing for a breakthrough at RCC. You are fixing for a breakthrough. I'm telling you, you're right at the edge and things seem hopeless. But I'll tell you what, the enemy's just trying to throw his last darts. 
those thoughts of despair in your mind because he knows you've done what you've done in the natural. He knows God's getting ready to do his part in the super. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here who has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. You're on the outside looking in, destined for an eternity in the lake of fire. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, and you're hearing my voice today in this place, and even around the world and on the radio, if you have breath in your lungs, if you're hearing my voice, there's still hope for you. You can make Jesus Lord of your life today. Those of you in this place, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to simply just come forward. And I want to have the privilege of praying with you today to have a new birthday, the born-again experience through Jesus Christ. Those of you on the radio, today's the day of salvation. Those of you on the internet around the world, today's the day of salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I am a sinner. And today I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe there's someone in here. Hallelujah. Someone in here. You've fallen away from the Lord. You've, you've grown cold. You let go of your first love. The Lord's just really been dealing with me about that. About letting, letting go of the first love. Letting go. We've got to take hold of Jesus again. We need a fresh revelation of Him and His love. If you've fallen away and you want to rededicate your life, I want to pray with you. Just come forward over by the drums today. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It is a biblical experience. You want to learn more about it? And you want to receive the Holy Ghost baptism? I want you to come forward this morning. And lastly, maybe you're in this place and you have a physical infirmity, a mental infirmity. You just need prayer about a situation. I want you to come forward this morning. And I want to pray with you. The rest of you, I want you just to lift your hands to the Lord and praise God with everything that you have. Praise Him with everything that you have. Because friends, I'm telling you, He takes us to the edge of the Jordan. He takes us to the edge of the Jordan. And there's nothing we can do in the natural to open the door. That's why the Word of God says that He will open doors that no man can shut. And shut doors that no man can open. We need the power of God in our lives. Amen? Praise Him today.
Oh, glory to God. Who wants a flood of the presence of God in their life? Yeah. Turn this up, brother. Crank it up. Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.